This is the Spirit Truth Podcast, conversations to equip worship teams and songwriters. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit Truth Podcast. My name is James, and I'll be your host today. And uh, with this podcast, my desire is really just to equip worship teams and songwriters uh, and people who lead worship teams, people who lead worship uh, musicians. Um, you know, I've been involved with worship pretty much for most of my life, and uh, I've met some amazing people along the way, people who inspire me, people who challenge me. Uh, people who encourage me. And so I just want to introduce you to some of these amazing people. And one of those amazing people is right here in front of me. Her name is Tosca. Hello, James. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like everybody, I just, you're like a Madonna. Like I just need to say your first name and everybody knows who you are. I don't think so. <laughs> but, but thank you. Madonna in a good way. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully I have better outfit decisions Madonna. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway, we, we won't go down that road. Um, and so, Tosca, I think where I say, I think everybody knows you, you've just been so involved uh, in a relatively short amount of time um, that you've been involved with so far, which is since when, like 20, 2014. 2014. But you're just like one of those people who dived in and you behind the scenes, every conference, uh, every almost every event, it feels like. Uh, but Tosca is really one of those incredibly servant-hearted people, one of the most servant-hearted people that I know. Uh, she's always feeding people. It's good. People need to eat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and uh, for those who know me, food and coffee are my love language. So <laughs> I feel very loved when somebody feeds me uh, or feeds the band. But you're just so amazing at caring for people. Um, and even uh, the one thing I thought you do so well is to cover for people is you just constantly – um, you're like a mom, I guess. You're just really good at like making sure everybody's safe, everybody's secure, everybody knows what they need to do, and everybody feels and experiences a love. Uh, and Tosca is, how do I put this? You are officially the unofficial band member, <laughs> band manager rather, of Shuffle Band. Yes, that's that's the official unofficial title. Yes. <laughs> so how that happened was. Um, Honestly, if it wasn't for Tosca, I think the Behold album would have come out like in 2025 or something. Because Tos but then Tosca was literally every week after worship in church when we'd be sitting down, she'd come up to me and say, hey, when's the new album coming out? When's the new album coming out? And so eventually <laughs> I was like, okay, we need to make an album. Um, and then we started working on Behold. Um, but no, it was I really, I really do believe that God used you uh, instrumentally in, in the whole process of... of of the Behold album, and so you've officially become our unofficial band manager. Oh, it's, a, it's an incredible privilege. And <laughs> I must say, I generally, the, the encouragement for the CD was mostly selfish because <laughs> I have this dodgy audio of Behold that I'm not allowed to have, or Behold the Lamb, and I love it. So I'd listen to it every day, and I'm just like, I can't keep listening to this dodgy audio. Like, it's hurting my ears. They need to record it. <laughs> oh, it scares me when I hear about dodgy audios that are floating around out there. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dodgy audio that I took on my phone okay. while you guys were recording it, at, oh, wow. like, while you were playing on it at worship. I was just like, oh, I love this song. This is so well written. This is so, like... Oh, ironically enough, it is the song that is like the, I don't know, anchor song for my voice training. <laughs> it's the oh, song nice. I sing. 
Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Tosca's busy with voice training as well at the moment. Yeah. Um, but now, so Tosca, you work here at the support center, maybe in like 30 seconds. Like, what do you do here at support center? And also, um, maybe leading into the conversation we're going to have today, what is your involvement on Sundays at church? Okay, so at Support Center, I work with Mercy Ministry and some policy and HR, so fun stuff, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's important stuff. Important stuff. And also, it's something I'm super passionate about is mm -hmm. Mercy Ministry, building communities, building communities, mm. and not just building a community. Yeah. Um, and then also at church on a Sunday. I have to just tell the backstory is I worked at Shofar Stellenbosch, that, was my, that is my congregation, and I was in charge of Sunday services, and I kind of rotated from ministry to ministry, mm -hmm. depending on where there was a need, because it was a bit of a volunteer scarcity at some stage, um, and at some stage I ended up at production, because then the production manager at the time left, and then I had to take over because Sunday services is my job. <laughs> and then I just kind of never left from production. I, can, I kind of, I've, I've managed to leave all the other ministries except for production. It kind of stuck. <laughs> um, so I do production on a Sunday and um, general, I want to say also event coordination sometimes. So e-seeing. Okay. But yeah, that's nice. me. Awesome. Okay, so, <laughs> so that leads us into what we're going to be chatting about, which is the production team. Um, and I think kind of what the production team does so many times behind the scenes i think a lot of people don't even know like production yeah sure what but then i don't really know what what we're talking about so we're gonna get into what it is exactly that we're talking about um but you know people do notice the more visible ministries in church for instance the band um but what the band does is just so incredibly dependent on all of those behind the scenes yeah. ministries um and so uh, I actually want to put this out there. Like, I, I encourage you. Um, a lot of people come up to worship team to the worship team after a service and say, "Like, thank you so much. Worship was amazing." Um, but hopefully, after today, once you know a little bit more about what happens behind the scenes, like, let's start to really honor those who who serve behind, uh, who don't necessarily get that affirmation or that encouragement. Um, okay, so Tosca, maybe you can you can start off by just saying how we. How would you define what is the production team? What are we talking about? Uh, where do they fit in with Sundays? And why, why is it important that we have people focus on these tasks on, on Sundays? So um, we, I always define production as everything that happens inside the hall where the service would typically happen. Okay. Um, so, I mean, even your chair packers, to a sense, in a sense, actually, um, form part of your production team because yeah. how you pack the chairs out matter. If they pack the chairs out facing completely different direction, <laughs> then that's part of the production in a, yes. of, of what we're, and I hate to call Sunday services a production because mm. it's not, it's an encounter with the living God. Mm. Yeah, um, it's got negative Yeah, but for, for practical terms, like there is something very practical that has to go into the thinking around production. And I think yeah. um, production for me is that, is that umbrella term for the sound, you know, mm. the pastor, the ministry, the worship, it's, it's the practical logistical workout of our Sunday services. Yeah. Um, so from the moment people walk in and you hear some, I don't know, chauffeur band playing over <laughs> the speakers that's creating an atmosphere to people to enter um, till the last ministry song that's sung while somebody's being ministered to at the altar call. That, that is what production is for me. Yeah. Um, and then 
taking it further than that, it's the sound setup guys that pitch up at six o'clock to set up every cable and every instrument. And the Lord they, bless them. <laughs> the Lord bless them and keep them and make his face to shine Amen. upon them. Um, especially at six o'clock in the morning in winter. And <laughs> oh, some of the sun is shining. In winter, yeah. it's dark. Um, yeah, and even the, the sets, not even just the sound setup guys, but even the whole setup, the, the yeah. people who put the stage blocks out and the podium out and, yeah. and the decor out, and those people become very integral to production. Mm. Um, because if we don't, if the decor doesn't get put out before the band, then we could have a very awkward situation where the decor is where the band is supposed to be or the band is where the decor is supposed to be. So there's there's a timing to it in terms yeah. of production over the whole service. And it starts at six and it ends at half past nine. I don't know <laughs> if that answers your question, but that, <laughs> that, is, that is kind of how I see production fitting in. And then also just, it, it's I see it as the practical thread. Holy Spirit is the spiritual thread that puts everything together. Yeah. But the production is the practical thread that pulls your service together. It's that golden yeah. thread that runs from when the doors open to who, the chairs, to the easy worship, to yes. the ministry, to the band, to yeah. the even the pastor um, delivering a word, to the stream that gets the service out there, yeah. um, to all of that closing as well and f yeah. ending off. Um, that's how I see production. and That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you've once... You've, you once spoke about the production team in a sense hosting the service. I yes. don't know if you want to maybe speak about what that means. So um, hospitality is my first gift. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that's why production sticks for me. is because you host the service. Like the production yeah. is, the, is the fluffy, if I could almost say, if you're having a dinner party and you yeah. invite people to your, to your home, yeah. you don't ever you know, leave your kids' toys on the floor or, you know, unless it happens, no shame. But I mean, in the we sense of... A, like, we just sweep them into a corner. Yeah, like, but you sweep them into a corner because you, you kind of realize people have to sit here, people yeah. have to walk here, people, you know, we're going to watch the rugby. Is, yeah. is the TV ready? Like, you kind of check if your laptop's HDMI is working with the mm. screen. And, mm. and in that, you're thinking about how people are going to experience this, yeah. this moment. And yeah. that's the hosting. You're... You're thinking about, oh, my word, we're going to have words up on, on a screen. Mm. Um, the easy worship volunteer needs to think, is this background distracting? If it's mm. a flashing lights, are people going to see the words? Is it going to facilitate them coming into the presence of the Lord or is it going to distract them? Mm. Um, and then it goes on with lighting. And mm. even with the band, I think one of the the big issues sometimes are during the offering message when the keyboard player is playing yeah. and a lot of the feedback sometimes is that that's just too loud you know you have to <laughs> kind of listen to hear what the offering um, guy is trying to say and that's one of those like hosting things you know yes. the sound guys and the vigilant sound guys brilliantly do it where they bring the keys down yeah so that it's ambient but not yeah. overpowering yes so it's understanding that dynamic and then facilitating it in such mm. a way that you can host people to be there. Mm. Makes sense. That's good. Um, and I think what you're saying is, is production team have to be s incredibly intentional about yes. everything they do. So yeah. that means nothing is done just because this is the way that we do it, but yeah. everything is thought through mm. uh, and meticulously planned um, so that, and we're intentional and, and, and I love the idea of hosting because then that kind of describes our, our, our goal in mind. We're, mm. we're not, um, pulling off a production for the sake of having a pretty yeah. church service. Yeah. Um, but we realize that we're hosting people mm. uh, and we're hosting people in in the house of God. Yeah. You know? uh, so we understand 
this, I guess, the uh, the sacredness of what we're busy with um, and the preparation that, that goes into that. So, so part of the production team is often, like you mentioned, um, things like the decor team mm. uh, and people who do lights and stuff like that. Um, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, often a pastor will, or even a worship leader will say something like, you know, it's not about the band. It's not about the light. It's about Jesus. Um, <laughs> and of course, we, we understand that and we agree with that. You know, mm. it's, uh, that, that stuff is not integral to us encountering God. Um, and we can also go down the road of depending too much on creating a certain experience. Mm. And we become dependent on the experience. Um, but what would you say about that in, in terms of you know, why do we have decor? Why do we have lights? Why do we have people who are thinking about these things? What, what is the heart behind it? Um, shouldn't we just, you know, stick to the basics and worship Jesus? Or w What's your opinion on that? So I have a, a bit of a twofold opinion on it. On the okay. one side, I fully agree. Like it's really, I think if we ever get to a point where we're lost without those things, you know, then we've gone too far. <laughs> yeah. um, and not necessarily in terms of how much stuff we're putting on the stage, but in terms of the hearts of the congregation. If mm. if after a a worship, after a service, a worship service, a whole service is a worship service, a congregation member walks out and goes, oh, you know, those lights weren't great. We've <laughs> we've missed it. We've really missed it. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not for it or against it. Yeah. Um, but there is, again, with the hosting, there's this intention, there's this, there's this desire to, to make home <laughs> yeah. and to make it homey. And they are lights are practical. You know, mm. we have to, the band needs to see what they're <laughs> cord sheeting and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> the band has to be able to see one another um, yeah. in the hall. At the, similarly, if we were just sitting in the dark, makes no sense. You know, <laughs> um, if the audio wasn't correct, we wouldn't hear the pastor. So there, yeah. there's functional things to decor even. Yeah. Um, where it also just it helps empty up the spaces. I mean, fill up the empty spaces, or mm. not empty up the spaces, fill up the empty spaces on a stage. And and it really is. There's something about, um, I think you said it once to me, like when there's decor and there's something, it, it feels like we've been prepared for. So when someone walks into a service yeah. and they see that the chairs aren't just packed up on the side and they must now go take their chair and go <laughs> put it somewhere. It's kind of, you know, something's been prepared for you to come into. And yeah. I always think of that. That just that heart of God who prepares, he prepares a place for us to come to. Yeah. And there's something about that in decor and, and just yeah. those little things that um that really tells and communicates to people like yeah. we've we've like this hall, the Lord, his presence has been waiting for you. Like yeah. we've prepared for you. Yeah. I mean that's that decor plays a massive role in that. I can just testify quickly. <laughs> um this one girl, she sent me, we have these two banners with scriptures on that came from someone's wedding and they kind of donated it to the church and the one day she sent it to me and she's just like what is the story behind these like where did it come from and we kind of just hang it because it's pretty like that is our whole reason for hanging it because it's beautiful and I told her no and I explained the story and then she was just like these are the exact two scriptures that the Lord has given me over like four years of her life sure. and and she walked in and it was just incredible for her to see. Wow. And for yeah. us, we're just like, these are pretty banners. It makes our <laughs> hall look less empty. And for her, she, the Lord spoke to her. Yeah. So decor can do that. Yeah. Decor. I know of people uh, like God speaking to people through flower arrangements. Before. Yeah. Like, and, and <laughs> it's incredible. But then the other function is also we're a spiritual body being built up. And I think it's, we, we like you said earlier, it's easy for us to put the light on the very tangible, um, giftings you know mm. so 
people who know how to sing know where to go in church. People who, mm. you know, are super amped know that they have the welcoming team and, mm -hmm. you know, but there are so many creatives and a lot of people who have, I want to say alternative giftings, but they have mm. something to bring. Yeah. And decor is one of them. Like yeah. there's a lot of creative people who for them, it's an absolute pleasure to serve the body of Christ mm. with this decor yeah. or with these lights. And the production team then creates space for people's gifting. Mm. Um, and that's the other function behind decor and lights and things for me is it's really, it, it's to create space for people to wash dishes in the house because mm. that's important. Um, we all know church membership is in very important and part of that is serving in the house. But mm. my biggest fear, and I managed volunteers for a, a long time, but my, not my fear, rather, it's not the right word, but my biggest not regret, but fear for people is that you're somebody who has a heart for X and out of a need, we put you in Y. Mm. So, you know, you have a heart for lights and we're like, oh, we don't actually like lights on a stage. So we're going to put you in children's church. And mm. it's just like, oh, that's not why the Lord created you. That's not how the Lord created you. And mm. almost to do an injustice to creation is, mm. oh, no, I can't my heart break. <laughs> so um, that's the twofold for me, decor and lights. It really creates a space for gifting and also it creates this atmosphere of you know the, yeah. somebody's prepared for you to come yeah that's great um as you're speaking i'm thinking of examples i mean if you look at for instance the temple that solomon built like it's just with so much care and so even the tabernacle yeah um it was just so intentional everything and yeah. and it communicated something not just about the people but especially about who god is yeah um and even you know these massive churches that have been standing for thousands of mm. years like not necessarily the most intimate of places, so you don't maybe see that aspect of God in them, but you see the care and the detail, and then mm. you you walk into one of those places and you you're reverential, you're in awe, uh, and you're aware of wow, God is huge and God is holy and God is glorious, um, and so I think we can. It's amazing how we can communicate mm. something of who God is and also of our heart towards people in the way that we set up, um, but along with that. Um, <laughs> I think one of my favorite quotes is from Renard Bonker, who says that um, the less Holy Spirit we have, the more coffee and cake we need to keep the church running, Yeah, um, which is super challenging. And I, I think coffee and cake can be different depending on your setting. I, I think the, the less we rely mm. on the ministry of the Holy Spirit and to reveal Jesus and to reveal the Father mm. to us, the more we tend to rely on the coffee and cake, which can be the lights and the decor yeah. and the experience. Uh, so it's not to say those things are bad things, mm. um, but yeah, can't depend on them. Never. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I think a lot of what, um, the, the kind of the kind of person who serves in production, I think you would get the idea now, it's very much a sacrificial role. You know, you're, you're very much laying your life down for, for others. You're not being seen. And in fact, mostly people don't notice you unless something goes wrong. You know, <laughs> you know, when the yes. <laughs> easy worship person gets the words wrong and then everybody looks around to the back or, or the slides wrong or the sound man, suddenly there's feedback. Then that's the only time people notice, oh, there's a sound man and what's he doing wrong? Um, so it's, it's hugely sacrifice. It's a very sacrificial role. Um, so, Tosca, how in your experience working with these volunteers, like how do you approach that role with the right attitude? Um, and also for those who look after these volunteers, like how do we, how do we serve them better? How do we celebrate them better? How do we look after them mm. better? Because I think it is these kinds of areas are the areas where people often get burnt out. Mm. I think it's 
I think the burnout is a lot of the times because people think it's this massive, I can't do it or it doesn't look attractive. So people don't want to serve there. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's not glamorous. It's not glamorous, but that, and that's, that's almost what I want to like debunk. It's super glamorous. Like <laughs> I, I think the sound guys and the production team are some of my favorite people just yeah. because of, of the, the nature of who they are, but also just the, that privilege, like I mm. think, again, it's James that says you get to do this. You know, you don't have to do it, and mm. and that's how production. And that's I almost want to say that's the attitude you should be discipling your volunteers into, because I also think it is a it is a discipleship issue, or not issue, but a there's a role to play disciple disciple makers in. You know, if you're leading the ministry, you need to disciple. Mm. Um, the people coming in want to manage their expectations. Like mm. that's, I tell my volunteers very quickly, like you will get yelled at. Like <laughs> if something goes wrong, everyone, and it's, it's really awkward. It's, it's Stellenbosch, our production desk because it was elevated. So there's like these stairs to walk up to. And so it, it's very awkward. You don't, people don't just look around. They look up. <laughs> <laughs> it's super awkward when you've done something wrong. And, and I really, I, I take the time to manage their expectation yeah. around that. Um, and also to equip them, I think you the most frustrating thing for any, and I think the same goes for a sound for the the sound volunteers, the decor, everybody. It it's so frustrating when you're being yelled at, but you don't know how to fix it, and you mm. you don't know or not being yelled at. Yelled at is the wrong word. We never get yelled at, <laughs> but when you're being spoken to. spoken to or looked to for a solution, and you do not have that solution, yeah. it's super frustrating. Yeah. Um, so equipping your volunteers, managing their expectations, really also celebrating them. You know, the pastor doesn't have to celebrate them. The congregation doesn't have to celebrate them. But as a ministry leader, like mm. you have such an opportunity just to like exhort and admonish and mm. celebrate um, the victories, the the breakthroughs. Oh, like when we got a new camera, mm. I posted it on all of our groups and I'm just like, we got a new camera. This is exciting. <laughs> it revolutionized our video. And just to, to, to find the places that we can really celebrate. Cause yeah. I think that that's almost, and, and to also be thankful. So really be thankful for our volunteers and, yeah. and express our gratitude. Again, the pastor might not do it. The worship leaders might not do it, but you as the person who's managing and, yeah. coordinating them have such an opportunity to just disciple and celebrate and, yeah. and thank and have gratitude towards them. Um, I do believe that's how you protect the hearts of your, your servant hearted volunteers. Yeah. Um, and then also I am very in all the times I've ever managed. If I see people are burning out, I book them off. I, I would rather take the shot and be on for five weeks in a row, whatever, mm. because that, almost want to say that hurt and that offense that comes in is super hard to recover. And the scary bit about people who are just almost duty and very servant hearted is that they're so loyal. They'll never stop. Yeah. You have to kind of tell them <laughs> we're firing you <laughs> for the next few Sundays because they will pitch where there's a need, like delete them off the group. I deleted one of our volunteers of the group because every time like someone will be like, Oh, I can't make this Sunday. They're the first person to put their hand up. And I'm just like, private message you're not allowed to serve <laughs> you are both booked <laughs> off so just delete them off the group like yeah like quit them for a, a moment um and just in terms of like your heart's attitude i think and it goes for volunteering anywhere i i believe like you should know this is what the lord wants of you um mm -hmm. life is a roller coaster mm -hmm. and the word of the lord is that safety belt that keeps you in <laughs> 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 that is how i i see serving and it's really um 
again, not necessarily the super like the angel appeared to you and said, you must do easy worship. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's what, what I'm saying. I'm just Isn't saying. is that how like, it happens? No, oh, no. Okay. Like, well, almost because who wants to do easy worship? <laughs> you almost need an angel <laughs> you to tell you You need an angel. <laughs> but really to, to know why you're doing it. Yeah. And I often encourage my volunteers to, like we send out a weekly email. I don't do it anymore, but when we did that, always like, oh, a monthly email. And I just remind like the volunteers like, why, why are you doing this? Like, mm. you know, what is, what did the Lord say? What, you know, what mattered in a sense? Mm. Um, so it's very important because like in Colossians 3, where it really talks about your working as unto the Lord. Yeah. And I think as a servant hearted person or anybody who desires to serve, you, you need to have it very straight in your heart that you're not serving shofar. You're not serving your pastor. You're not serving the worship leader. You're, yeah. you're serving the Lord. And this is an offering you get to bring on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, and that really, you know, I don't want to say it makes you offense proof, but it, yeah. it kind of also allows you when you do have grievances, you know where to go. Yeah. Because I'm not working for James Pringle. I'm actually working <laughs> for the Lord. So yeah. guess who gets my grievances? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, it reminds me also, um, I think this role is so countercultural as well because everything mm. in our culture tells us, you know, the ones on the stage are the important ones. Mm. Um, but then it just reminds me of Philippians 2 from verse 5 where it says, Have this mind among yeah. yourselves, which uh, which is yours in Christ, who though he was in the form of God, he basically carries on saying that he served. He, yeah. Um, and um, becoming obedient even to the point of death. Yeah. Um, and so it's like have the same mind that mm -hmm. we're not here for ourselves, but we're here to serve others okay. and esteem others higher than ourselves. And so I would, I really want to say that this those who you don't see serving behind the scenes are the most Christ-like, I believe. They're, <laughs> they're the servants. And I mean, mm. Jesus is going to say to us one day, well done, good and faithful servant. He's mm. uh, not based on our you know, worship leading ability or whatever, but were we obedient to mm. serve him and to serve others? Mm. Uh, and so I, I really have a, a sense in my heart that uh, when we get to heaven one day, you know, the Raynuts and the Toscas are going to be way ahead in the queue <laughs> than the Jameses just because they've learned what it means to to serve your mansion. Can I come visit in your mansion every, in heaven one every day? Every Sunday. <laughs> but I, so I just want to add to that. Like, I actually put it in my notes. I write it down. It, it is that. It's that modeling like of the servant king. And Jesus himself says, like, the son of man came to serve and not to be served. Mm. Um, and like if we, we all have an opportunity to be sanctified in life mm. um, and I think easy worship volunteers specifically <laughs> get sanctification much quicker than your average human being. <laughs> but um, but the, that it's a, it's a privilege and it's an opportunity to learn that because yeah. I, um, you know, I, I can just testify from my own life. Like I wasn't like before I was saved, I was super selfish. <laughs> like I was probably the most selfish person I've ever met and so full of selfish ambition and, the, the privilege that it was to serve in church really made serving a privilege. Sure. So it was kind of like the obedience to do it made it change my heart to make it this massive privilege to serve. Yeah. Um, so it's such an opportunity to be transformed into the likeness of Christ, to just yeah. serve. Yeah. Amen. Uh, you mentioned just now about people yelling and stuff. And, like, <laughs> and we, we, we joke and say, no, that doesn't happen in church, but it, it does. <laughs> and not, not necessarily yelling, but... You know, there's often this, <laughs> there's high pressure. I mean, I know for myself and maybe I'll issue now a public apology to any mm -hmm. Easy Worship volunteer who I've ever had stern words with. But you know, like you, you've got like three minutes to quickly check things and you get there and it's not set up or something. <laughs> 
we've had a moment. We've okay. had a moment. And the reality is like the worst of us comes out when there is pressure. Um, and so I just want to encourage production team, you often have to bear the brunt of that. Uh, and you have to be gracious when people are necessarily gracious with you. But it's just, it's so encouraging to see the way that you serve under pressure. It's just in, in, incredible. <laughs> Go production team. <laughs> Go production team. Um, I want to say something else. So a lot of what the production team does is very practical. You know, it's like setting up slides or easy worship schedules or faders on uh, sound desks and stuff. It's not necessarily ministry in the way we often think of ministry. You know, mm -hmm. we think of praying for people and, mm. and so on. So how, how do you as a production team member prepare for a Sunday um, without thinking just in terms of, practical like how do you understand that what i do is spiritual but even going beyond what i do like you know coming with a spiritual expectation as well so for me it is really a it's worship right? mm. i really i i see it and again if we break it if we break down the production into for what it is it's just serving it's not mm. it's different to making coffee and it's different to welcoming but if you know if i almost want to say in the grand scheme of it it's all just serving mm. Um, and when you when you serve, you come with an expectation to give. Mm. Um, so for myself personally, I come prayed up to services because mm. I believe it. I love it. I call it the insider outsider. As a production volunteer, you have this privilege. You're not standing outside, you know, on security. You you actually experiencing the whole service, mm. but you're but you're not because you also have to focus on what you're doing. Yeah. Um, on the inside or outside, if you if you come prayed up, it's such an opportunity because you get this bird's eye view of what's happening. And I've just experienced where the Holy Spirit will show me things yeah. that I can pray for while I'm standing on production, you know, for mm. the band, um, for congregation members. Mm. You almost have this bird's eye view. The amount of times I've been able to tell someone, there's a girl in the front left who really needs prayer on the radio, like, please go and send someone to her just sure. because I can physically like practically see it Yeah, has been in, like it's happened more often than not Yeah, um, because you have this this bird's eye view in a sense and mm. you have this inside outside experience mm. um, so spiritually preparing is I think how you should spiritually prepare for every day of your life just <laughs> <laughs> be vigilant and yeah. to really have an expectation to receive from the Lord um, you know what he he's wanting to do yeah um, so yeah, I, practically for me, I just I really come prayed up. I ask the Lord, you know, what does He feel? Mm. And we also we pray as a as a product as a church running team at the beginning. And mm. like if there's sometimes sometimes there's not, I also just try to pray with the like with the team. Yeah, and just also trust the Lord for for the the practical stuff and also that people will meet with the Lord. I think that is always our greatest prayer. Um, yeah. I really think it should be is that they don't see. James or Matthew, whoever's, and they don't see Sears or Eno, whoever's preaching, but they, yeah. they really encounter Jesus because that's yeah. why we're here. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, what are, is really important for me that I feel um, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that that for me is important when we consider the fact that we're doing production because it's easy for us to over-spiritualize some gifts and under-spiritualize some gifts. So yeah. if I can pray in tongues, that's a... Or if I have a tongue to bring for the church, that's spiritual. Yeah. But if I can no recognize somebody that needs a hug and hugs them, that's not spiritual because that's just human. Yeah. But no gift is human because yeah. humanity is depraved. So <laughs> even our ability to perceive 
mm. you know, a, a place where we can help or even our ability to realize like, oh my word, like our, our natural gifts are also from God. Yeah. And in Peter, we read how we need to steward our gifts to serve one another in mm. 1 Peter 4. Um, so for me, it's also that like mm. you, you're coming with this unspiritual, you know, not really spiritual gift, super practical, but because that gift too is from the Lord, it's a hundred percent spiritual. Yeah. And that practical gift in itself is already something you need to use to serve the body. Um, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but so on the one side, it's like, woohoo. And on the other side, it's like, but also the setting our faders and checking the sound is super spiritual inherently. You, you touched on it now in your, in your answer that, in a sense, you're you're seeing things from a bird's eye, mm. but how do, isn't it difficult? Like, don't you sometimes just want to engage in the service or engage in worship? But now you've got a task to focus on. How do you kind of handle that dilemma? I'm a millennial. I can do many things at once. <laughs> <laughs> just open another tab. I'm kidding. No, um, no, we don't open another tab. I think there's that's part of the sacrifice is to to realize that um, we, we've had a time when. Somebody was taking notes and then they missed the cues to move the slides because they were taking notes. And uh. it's, it's, it's unfortunately one of the things you just, you, you have to lay down and it sucks. Yeah. But specifically during worship, I think it's by no means in our box. And sometimes it is a bit chatty and a bit social because people are exhausted. Yeah. But uh, more often than not, and that's really the culture we create is that the box is still a place where people are engaging and listening. And yeah. even during worship, like we're worshiping yeah. without like one eye open. You don't close your <laughs> eyes when you're worshiping. You're kind of still keeping everything on. And yeah. I really think the reality is, is that engaging with the spirit is, is really, as I say, it's a place of your heart. Like it's yeah. where's your heart at. Mm. Um, and I if personally, and then also just for the teams, I usually say like your expectation is to come and worship the Lord through what you're doing. Yes. So yeah. if you in the middle of your, you know, changing the sound desk, you know, sing all hail King Jesus, I think the Lord sees that as you yeah. engaging, even though you're doing something else. I I, I yeah. just want to say it's still this offering of worship, even yeah. though you're it's not this half hearted all hail King Jesus. It's actually <laughs> a a full hearted, you know, yeah. engaging. Yeah. Um I do think however there are just times where it's you have to take the bullet. And I think similarly for the band, I I, I realized recently that it's a lot of effort to, to sing. <laughs> it doesn't just come out of your mouth. You have to think about what you're doing. And, you know, I think even a band member would have a similar type of, you know, yeah. you're busy thinking of picture, listening to the clicker. You're looking at the worship leader, trying to see what's going on. Yeah. But to also understand that you standing where you are, or you fixing what you're fixing, you easy worshiping as you're easy worshiping is, <laughs> is worship already. Yeah. And you're engaging in the singing or you're listening with a half a ear to what is being said is, yeah. is, a con is contributing to that. You're yeah. not worshiping or not. You're yeah. overall worshiping. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned now the band and I actually wanted to ask you, I've often seen, unfortunately in churches that there's, there's often a, a clash between a culture clash, I guess, between, for instance, the musicians and the sound team or the production team. And how do we, how do we overcome that? How do we learn to act as one team? Because we, we really are one team. 
Uh, but how do we get there? <laughs> Spend a lot of time with the band. I don't know. That's how we get it right. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. That's actually not. It's not a. I mean, it's. Yeah. So I think there's. Uh, my very faithful pastor George once told me this. Um, he said that iron sharpens iron, mm. but graces the oil that makes it pleasant. Sure. You know, and I think there's there's sometimes little grace because of little understanding. Yeah. Um. So I. It's easy for me to serve the band because I understand what goes on in a, like on the stage practically because I have copious amounts of musician friends. Um, and I know not everybody is maybe in that situation, but my, and then likewise, I, the band members that have treated the production team the best over the years that I've served there were the ones that had the greatest understanding of what we're doing. Yeah, that's um, good. Mm. You know, that understand that easy worship is sometimes unreliable, that understand the intricacies of mixing on a Sunday mm. that understand that sometimes things just break. Um, and I think for me, the, what I've seen work was that, that desire to understand the role the other plays yeah. and then including each other in that. I mean, I see the, um, like the sound guy prays a lot of the times with the band, depending on if, if he can, sometimes it's stuff to fix, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, when there is opportunity and when yeah. you can, um, to, to really include the production team in what the band is doing. And then likewise, like the production yeah. team can include the band in what they're doing. I mm. mean, one of the coolest things I think that helped was we watched the um, the Easy Worship video. And it was so nice to to hear it from a worship leader's point of view. Yeah. You know, and like James put some nice little encouragements and things in there and, and <laughs> just a little a little bit of insights of how the band experiences the Easy Worship and how the the band experiences the lighting even for me. I, I always ask the band, like, you know, if we switch off these lights, is it practical for you? Mm. Because I have no idea what lighting they actually need to be on stage. And mm. sometimes it's nice because then it's cooler. But <laughs> so I, I really think the the best way to almost build that bridge is to is to just do that. Like build the bridge and yeah. gain an understanding of each role yeah. and then see how do we even I mean, if you're having a band social, invite the production team. Yeah. If you're having a production social, invite the band. Like yeah. Get some friends cross ministry. It's fantastic. Even though it's the same ministry, it's in a sense crossed. Yeah, but you kind of joked about it in the beginning, but it's it's so true. Like I I think that is the 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 biggest or the quickest way I've seen the two teams become one <coughs> become one is when they pursue friendship together. Yeah. Um and so now a lot of the production guys are some of my closest friends. Mm -hmm. Um and I guess it's just doing life together. But not even doing life together, just doing conferences together and stuff. You, um, you don't s see one another in opposition to one another or in competition, um, but it's just con consciously, intentionally honoring and esteeming one another and, like you say, getting in one another's shoes. Mm. Um, and then it just creates this, this sense of, of friendship and family, really. Yeah. It becomes a family. We become a big, happy family. A massive, happy family. And that's like that's been one of the greatest privileges of the production team it's just, it's just this massive community but i can almost say that for serving in church um, yeah. people i think the testimony is over and over again i didn't feel like a member until i started serving sure. and then i felt yeah. like i had family and i had yeah. people who had similar interests to me and stuff so it's i almost want to say it's the story of ephesians yeah. just working itself out in production and <laughs> yeah. everywhere else in the church Okay, but that's actually where I wanted to end with. So well done for leading into that question <laughs> because Tosca is Miss Community. Like uh, it's kind of, it's really 
it's the air that you you breathe and it's and it's really a legacy that you leave wherever you go is like this this desire to understand community and to practice community um so maybe uh, can you just share what is your heart like what is your understanding of what godly community is and um you know how do we how do we get there like i think i think it's it's important to pray definitely it is important to pray we have to pray mm-hmm. um but we can't just pray we need to do as well like how do we establish godly community community godly family amongst us oh, die to self <laughs> say it with me <laughs> die to self <laughs> i think okay well that's all we got time <laughs> for <so. laughs> we'll just cut up that last one joking, you know um so yes i think that's the truth i i always tell people if i they ask me for advice i'm like i'm going to i'm just off the bat community is the answer to everything <laughs> um, and it's just because it is the i believe it's the story of church like yeah. we if if we can't correlate the the idea of church and what is said in ephesians to just practical godly community every day then there's a bit of a disconnect between the, the gospel and, and the story of the bible and and how we're doing church yeah like practical godly community for me is is a, com- a community that builds one another up in love. And uh, you read that in Ephesians 4, yeah. where it just talks about this, you know, the the fivefold is equipping the saints for the, the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is is so that we will not be deceived yeah. and, and that we together can actually admonish and correct one another and build one another up in love to be the strong spiritual house. So that's, that's one of the, if you see that in a community, then I would almost say like, I know that, there's a submission to Christ there because if we can submit to one another, it sure. means we understand that we're James is submitted to Christ. I'm submitted to Christ. Therefore, mm-hmm. as my brother in Christ, I can submit to James and mm-hmm. his correction and his admonishing. Mm-hmm. And I say correction because godly correction is so important to community. Like sure. yeah. if you can't take correction from a brother, mm. oh, who can you take correction from? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, or sister. And then the other one is for me that just Philippians two, like James read a little earlier, of esteeming one another higher than the other. Um, that That is the journey of community. I lived in a community house with nine people and the first few months was incredibly difficult. I didn't have a door or walls. I had like oh, this wow. weird divider. It was just incredible. But in that time, the, the thing the Lord showed me the most was how to serve everybody else. And I, in that point, already felt like, but I'm getting the brunt of the deal here. Like, <laughs> I, I'm I'm working so hard. And <laughs> like, I don't even have a door. <laughs> you know? Like, just having a little bit of a moment. And and then the Lord would show me, like, what's going on in other people's lives. And I'm just like, Jesus, you're not, you're not hearing me. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about here. Um, but there's really something about that. It's something about that saying, oh, I'm in the pit right now. But how do I open my eyes? Sure. Um, and the reality is, is the moment there's that vulnerability and that authenticity and that, yo, I'm here, James, I see this is a thing. Let's like, how, how do I serve you practically? There's a trust. And once there's a trust, there's more authenticity, there's more vulnerability. And that's the, the reality is that a community is a place of trust and, mm. and authenticity. Mm. If you can't be real to one another, then mm. how are we going to do this? Mm. And then lastly, and that's the scripture I want to read. And lastly is, is in Colossians 3. Which is just my great scripture. It's not my great scripture. <laughs> I, I cannot take credit for this. It's my favorite scripture. Um, but it says, um, put then, this is from verse 12, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, 
bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against the another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you also, so must you also forgive. Um, and then it says, and above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Um, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. <laughs> mm. Um, so it's really a lot of humility, love, like gratitude. Oh, yeah. Like I am grateful for my community because mm. I, because I can be real, because I know they support me, because I know they correct me. Like I just, <laughs> there's just such a gratitude for the people who are standing as a wall of fire around me. Um, and that practically into a, like a ministry is, is the same. I think it's easy for especially leaders to be like, oh, I've got my life together. You know, and yeah. you don't. <laughs> like you're deceived. <laughs> you don't have your life together. Whoever needs to hear this, like, and that's fine because all things are held together in perfect unity in Jesus Christ. So you're okay. You're in Christ. That's as that's as together as you can have your life is being in Jesus. Um, and yes, I think that's that's the in leading a ministry, in leading teams, like to to bring your stuff, like to yeah. to to be real about it, and yeah. to to be. Ex- be willing to expose your weakness because in community, um, your nakedness and your weakness is covered. Yeah. Um, when I express my weakness, it gives somebody an opportunity who has that strength to mm. stand up and, and be admonished and be celebrated and, and be discipled even. Mm. Um, and yeah, when we're leading ministry teams, that's, that's for me the most practical way to, to encourage that community is really mm. to, to say like, this is my weakness. This is what I bring to the table. What do you guys bring? Because we're we're building together in yeah. love and humility and all those nice things. I cannot say it more, but celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. We have this thing in industrial psychology, what you celebrate, you duplicate. Yeah. Um, and yes, to be thankful and to celebrate people uh, yeah. for who they are, how the Lord has made them, what giftings they can bring, make space for their giftings. Um, you you really see people buy in and and once people are brought into community, we can change the world. <laughs> <laughs> Ephesians 3. <laughs> <laughs> Tosca's book will be coming out in January. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> my word, there's so much like meat to chew from what you just said. I feel like people are going to need to stop this and rewind and just like soak in it. So no, thank you, Tosca. Thank you for your heart um, and thank you for what you represent. And as I say, you really are leaving, leaving a legacy of um, of loving one another and of creating a space for community to flourish and to to thrive and uh, I think that's all of our hearts is that we our teams and our ministries would be a safe space for people um, to know that they don't have to come sh- kind of constantly putting on their best face and, and showing their, str- their strengths mm-hmm. uh, but where we can be weak we can show our weaknesses we can learn to lean on one another and depend on one another Uh, So that's beautiful. So thank you for talking to me today. Anytime. (laughs) So great. (laughs) We'll have to do a follow-up, maybe just on community next time. (laughs) Even that scripture in Colossians, I think you can spend a week on that. Anyway. (laughs) Or or probably a lifetime, rather. (laughs) Thanks for listening today. This has been the Spirit Cheese Podcast. Join us again next time. (laughs) Thank you for joining the Spirit Truth Podcast. Check out chauffeurband.com for music and resources. You can also subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media.